back. We took last month off for various reasons. Um, we had a little summer vacay. And one of those reasons was that Kat went to France in that brief window where it was safe yes. to travel. And then it was not. <laughs> okay, so a friend of ours was working remotely and traveling across Europe all summer. And she and I had harbored a dream of going to Provence and seeing the lavender fields. And then after she and her boyfriend planned the trip, she was like, actually, I think we're going to be in the south of France right when the lavender fields are in their lavender field heyday, if you'd like to join us. And I was like, I certainly cannot because I have many other things to do and blah, 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 blah and also COVID. But then as the time approached with vaccines and just miscellaneous other things, I was like, oh, you know what? The timing might actually work out. And it wasn't great because I had to go to a wedding in Florida like the day before. But I did go to France. And then basically like the second I returned, Los Angeles was like, it's probably no longer safe to dine indoors. And I was like, wow. So if this trip had been like a week later, I probably would not have gone. You got really lucky. Uh, yeah, I also think that Alexander and Aiden got really lucky in terms of their travel window because they left in mid-May, like right as uh, some countries, not even all of Europe, were starting to open up. And as they're leaving, I feel like more, they're like closing again. I know. <sighs> Yikes. Boy. Wouldn't it be nice if everyone were vaccinated and we were all okay? Yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice, in fact. What a world we could live in. I mean, I think about it every day. <laughs> Anyway, tell us about France. How were the lavender fields? Were they fab? The lavender fields were fab. They were extremely lush and smelled aggressively of lavender, but not in a soapy way, in a delightful way. Oh. And I'm not actually like as big of a lavender person as like you or Matt or really a lot of people. I think sometimes it's too much, mm -hmm. like in products, but the lavender fields smelled wonderful they looked wonderful they were extremely satisfyingly purple and we had a lovely time i would not know because you did not post them to your instagram that is true and in fact once i met up with alexandra after the first like day or two when i was alone i no longer had like any spare time so i also didn't send pictures to people and then i got a lot of shit for this from matt who didn't get to see the lavender fields until they were posted to alexandra's instagram <laughs> Yes. I mean, I would also like to file a complaint. What is even the point of having an Instagram if you're not going to like post aspirational photos of lavender fields? I just want to be clear, though. I was forced to make this Instagram so that you could tag me for Romcomathon. So I already have more Instagram photos than the zero I would have preferred to have. You posted after you went to Cape Town. I did, but honestly, France was super exhausting because I haven't walked in a year and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like normal vacation walking is tiring but handleable if you are reasonably in shape. And I am no longer reasonably in shape. That is what I've learned from this trip. <laughs> I mean, and then you came home and then you were shut indoors again, so you know. Correct. Although I'm now trying to walk around to capitalize on the walking that I did on vacation so that I don't dissolve into a blob, which is a fear I now validly have. <sighs> well, like maybe I just won't have legs soon and no one will even know because we'll be on Zoom. I, that's true. I think we're all just going to turn into the people from Wally. -E, so uh -huh. that's fine. Anyway, welcome to Romcomathon. 
I'm Alex. I'm Kat. And this month, we're talking about She's All That, that classic 1999 rom-com. Um, had, a, had a pretty good time watching it, actually. How about you? Yeah, I... Well, this was interesting because I've seen this movie. I remember liking this movie. And so I felt like it was a movie I knew well until I started watching it. And I was like, maybe I've only seen this movie once or twice. I thought I had seen this movie, but it turns out that maybe I have only seen chunks of this film um, because I was like, wow, I have no recollection of watching the beginning of this movie at all. (laughs) I only remembered certain scenes and there were things where I was like, oh, is she this way because her mom died? Yes, it is because her mom died. And so I've definitely seen it, but I think I saw it later in life, which makes it sound like I was 80, but like... I think I saw it on Netflix sometime in the last decade-ish rather than as a teenager because we were too young when this movie came out. Yeah, I also think I, I mean, I definitely didn't see it at the time. I feel like I kind of had the experience of like watching it for the first time when I watched it last night and I was like, this is not a great movie for like a 32-year-old to watch for the first time. (laughs) Parts of it have not aged well. Like I was like, really caught between the pull of nostalgia and that sort of like, okay, like I'm still not immune to this, some parts of this Freddie Prince Jr. situation. And also just being like, wow, this movie's really dated by the fact that we were cool with this behavior. I know, I know. Anyway, so why don't you summarize the film? Okay. Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook are seniors at an LA area high school where he is by far the most popular and desirable boy at the school. Like, seemingly miles more popular than his, like, you would think would be equally popular friends. Yep. And she is an unapproachable freak who works at a falafel shop and gets bullied even by, like, Clea Duvall in art class. I know. I'm like, but she is also (laughs) an art weirdo. Like, what are you doing, goth girl? Leave her alone. Um, Rachel Lee Cook is a great artist, except she never wants to make art about herself, and she seems to only have one friend, not counting her super weird little brother. Meanwhile, Freddie Prinze Jr. is class president, soccer something or other, and has an equally popular girlfriend with whom he's destined to be prom king and queen, and his only problem in life is not having decided what college should go to because of, I guess, pressure from his overbearing dad, Tim Matheson, to go to Dartmouth. By the way, I feel like this didn't really get resolved. Yeah, I also feel like it wasn't really resolved. But to be fair, the entire, like, problem that he has is that he is, like, too successful in grades. So, like, come on. (laughs) Yes, he was, like, holding the stack of acceptance letters from, like, all of the Ivies, just being like, ugh, How will I decide where to go? And it wasn't, I thought it was going to be like a 10 things I hate about you situation where he wanted to go to a different school than the one his dad wanted him to go to, but he didn't seem to want to go anywhere in particular. So I don't know what the problem was. If you're indecisive, just go to Dartmouth. I know, right? And also at one point he says he is, he's like, I have the fourth highest GPA in my class. And I was like, that got you into all the Ivies? 1999 was a different time. Yes. Well, he's also class president and soccer something, and they list in more things. Like, he does a lot of stuff. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, But also sports. Also legacy, I guess, at Dartmouth. True. But he got into all the other ones, too. 
Anyway, maybe he's really good at soccer. It's unclear. Also, there might be some class stuff. Like, people keep, like, shitting on Rachel Lee Cook for her dad doing pool stuff. Like, it kind of seems like Rachel Lee Cook might be poorer than some of her peers, but that also isn't the main thrust of her unpopularity. So I don't know if it's just, like, incidental. Yeah, she kind of just seems hostile and unpleasant, TBH. (laughs) Yes. Unfortunately, six weeks before prom, Freddie Prinze Jr.'s hot girlfriend dumps him for a real-world star she met on spring break, which also really dates this movie, by the way. And he, in a fit of pique, winds up making an ill-advised bet with his friend Paul Walker that his popularity wagon is so powerful that he can raise any girl in the school to prom queen level in six weeks. And Rachel Lee Cook, despite being the most tiny and adorable girl in the world, is apparently so hostile and mistrustful due to her early childhood trauma that she is the absolute worst person that Paul Walker can nominate to be foisted upon Freddie Prince Jr. in this situation. Um, so naturally, it takes Freddie Prince Jr. a while to gain Rachel Lee Cook's trust, but then he kind of does, and they get friendly, and they almost kiss, and he... This is like most of the movie. I'm just glossing over it a couple sentences. He like opens her up to herself or whatever, not a euphemism. And she makes some art about her mom and he gets scolded about being more decisive, I guess. I mean, she basically tells him that his life is like really good and his problems are not that bad. (laughs) Yes. And they nominate her for prom queen, and she actually gets a lot of traction through some combination of magical newfound popularity and social revolution, and probably the fact that she's actually extremely pretty. Yeah, she wins like 46% of the vote or something. Yes, although it was funny to me that they were like, what a close election. And I was like, that's not a close election. But I'm thinking by like presidential standards, I guess. Yeah, I was like, this is wildly not a close election, but okay. I guess by high school standards, it's a close election because it's just a few votes. Sure. Depending on the size of the class. Yeah. Anyway, then Paul Walker, who is like weirdly resentful of his friend, screws everything up by deciding he's going to sleep with Rachel Lee Cook, although I don't really understand why, and in the process reveals the truth about the bet. Also, popular ex-girlfriend gets dumped by the real world guy and tries to get Freddie Prince to your back. Anyway, obviously, Rachel Lee Cook is very upset, storms off, ends up going to prom with Paul Walker, while Freddie Prince Jr., sad and alone, but thankfully still too good for his ex-girlfriend, decides to take his sister, who seems to maybe go to a different school. I don't understand why. At prom, Rachel Lee Cook has an okay time, although she doesn't win prom queen, as we just discussed. So Freddie Prince Jr. loses his bet. Um... She leaves the prom with Paul Walker, who off screen maybe tries to rape her. Yep. Or at least tries to sleep with her aggressively enough that she uses a sexual harassment repellent on him. Yeah, this is like all off screen, by the way. Just like. It's not cool. It just doesn't make it into the film. <laughs> they just like casually mention this. Like it's. And she's like, and she's and like, funny. MBD, I just used this. I can take care of myself. And I was like, but. <laughs> um. Anyway, she comes home totally chill after this sexual assault incident and discovers that Freddie Prince Jr., who tried to stop them leaving the prom but failed to catch them in time, is waiting for her at her house. Uh, they make up and we discover at graduation that due to losing the bet, he must go to graduation naked. But they're together, so that's nice. Until Thanksgiving when they probably break up due to being at different colleges. The end. 
So I had a good time. I watched most of it with Alex, who loves this movie. She, um, I asked her actually if she wanted a guest on this podcast, but she declined. I did remember when Lee, okay, so for some context, the reason we watched this movie is because a gender swapped remake is coming out in like two weeks. Um, Our friend Lee helpfully suggested it. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea because I would love to watch a movie that doesn't make me want to kill myself after Wild Mountain Time. And I remembered, and I thought Alex would be really excited because I remembered that she was fond of this one. Yeah, she, well, for context, I'll give this background information. My wife is obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer and consequently had a deep childhood obsession with Sarah Michelle Gellar, which consequently also included Freddie Prince Jr. in this whole situation. <laughs> so that's the reason she watched this movie. And she claims also 60% of the reason she watched this film was because of Sarah Michelle Gellar's cameo in the cafeteria scene. So she gave me some trivia. Um, like she, I, the school, oh, she said the reason that Sarah Michelle Gellar was even in the film was because it's the same school they use on Buffy. Yes, by pure coincidence, Matt and I visited this high school in Torrance like last week. Oh, that's so fun. So remember I was texting you about the dollhouse store? Yeah. Um, It was in Torrance. And he was like, while we're here, we could go see Sunnydale High School. So we kind of like swung by. And incidentally, it's also the She's All That High School. And I was like, oh, I think I kind of remember this from my possible previous viewing of She's All That. Yeah. So that's why Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar was on set when they were filming this. But I, I don't understand how they could film both things at the same time. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe she was there for, I don't know, pre-production. Who knows? Both a lot of Buffy and a lot of She's All That take place at this school. So I don't know how they made that work, but it's a very cute little appearance. No idea. I was also informed by Alex that Matthew Lillard, who plays the real world star that Freddie Prince Jr. gets dumped for by his popular girlfriend, um, and Freddie Prince Jr. have been in three films together and they oh. are good pals. Oh, which I thought was sweet. And then he and Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar are all in Scooby-Doo together. Yes, I received almost all the same trivia from Matt last night. <laughs> we have the same partner. So discuss. Do you think this is going to gender swap well? No, I mean, it doesn't. It, it's not great already. You know, like I first of all, I don't know what's. The Matthew Lillard situation, I was very confused about because I was like, he's at least in his 20s, right? Like, at least in his 20s. How is it fine that he's, like, dating this 18-year-old who's in her senior year of high school? I mean, it's not fine, but we did know people who did stuff like that in high school. I know, but it was, like, wild. I was, Which seemed fine to us at the time, and it is not fine to me now as an adult. No, no, no. So that seemed wildly inappropriate. Um, it, they were also, I feel like the boys were talking so much about sex, and I was like, how much, like, how much sex are these, are these boys having? Like, it just seems like they're, like, we're having so much sex all the time. And I was like, this seems a little outrageous. I mean, Paul Walker, you seem terrible. Okay, Paul Walker... Well, there's two points to what you just said. The sex thing isn't weird to me. I feel like we knew lots of high schoolers who were having sex when we were this age. With many, many, it seemed like many partners. No, why? Why would it be many partners? I don't know, Paul Walker seemed like many partners. Dude, we don't know what Paul Walker's deal is. Like, 
even putting aside the fact that he's maybe a rapist, um, why is he such a horrible friend? Also, why is Freddie Prince Jr. so much more popular than his popular friends? I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, the whole time they were at the beach and Dulé Hill had his shirt off, I was like, he's very scrawny. What a scrawny man. Leave him alone. I mean, this was like pre him doing, you know. He was a baby. He was a baby. Yeah. But he's also a beautiful gumdrop. And I don't understand why it's like Freddie Prince Jr. by far the best looking man at this school. And we're like, but there's other people here. Who knows? Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. And Freddie Prince Jr., honestly, I spent like half the movie being like, is he cute? Does he have a really long neck? Like, I don't know. Look, he's weird looking. I don't. He is. Uh. You're not wrong that he's strange looking, and yet in all of these movies where he is this guy, I'm like kind of charmed. I think he is charming. I did see photos of him because afterwards I went to like Sarah Michelle Gellar's Instagram and, you know, they have a bunch of photos, like current photos. And I was like, I feel like he's better looking now, like as a dad, you know? Oh, he might be. I haven't seen a recent picture. He's all like grizzled and graying. (laughs) I just don't understand. Like Paul Walker really has this vibe of being very resentful of Freddie Prinze Jr.'s popularity, even though he is seemingly popular enough himself. I know. It's very strange. And like near the end when he's trying to hit on Rachel Lee Cook, it's really like I've been waiting my whole life to be as cute as Freddie Prinze Jr. And you're just like, what? Why? Also, um, I thought Rachel Lee Cook's best friend, um, I thought he was like gay coded the whole time. And then at the end, like at the prom, he kind of is like having a thing with Freddie Prince Jr.'s like younger sister, Anna Paquin. And I was like, what is happening? I thought you were gay. Well, we were talking about how cute Rachel Lee Cook is and why her friend is not at all interested in her. And we were like, is he gay? Is he straight? Is he ace? Is it just like he's like her brother? I think it's meant to be that it's like he's just like her brother. But I too initially was like, I guess Jesse's gay or ace. There are so many famous people in like minor character roles in this film. Yes, I love how movies of this time are like, everyone is so famous now. (laughs) But also... I read on Wikipedia that the reason all of these very talented, eventually very famous people are in these bit parts is because Harvey Weinstein was super involved and um, a lot of them did these bit parts as personal favors. And I must say (laughs) that one of the worst moments slash funny moments, but bad was when she was telling Freddie Prinze Jr. casually about her encounter with sexual assault tonight and being like, well, sexual harassment is still a big issue. Therefore, I was carrying this tiny air horn. And I was like, well, yes, we know that because this is a Miramax film. Yeah. So it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, um, Rachel Lee Cook really looks like a baby in this film, doesn't she? Yeah, she's like 19 or 20. She's so cute. Yes, she's so beautiful, I want to cry, even with her terrible extensions. But (laughs) (laughs) mostly watching this movie made me sad, because then I was like, she went on to do Love Guaranteed. Why, girl? Why? (laughs) But the funny thing is, like, I remember this being a good movie, and I think it's overwhelmingly a movie that people are fond of. So I was intrigued to discover that it was not that well received critically, which does make sense in retrospect. It does have fantastic music, though. I mean, Sixpence None the Richer, yes. 
Yes, I was like, this music is very nostalgic. And I was charmed to discover that in, um, I want to say Italy, some other country, it was released as Kiss Me. I will. Okay, so I will discuss my favorite scene, right? Overwhelmingly, my favorite scene was that horrific performance art situation that Freddie Prince Jr. attends at the beginning of the film because he's trying to win over Rachel Lee Cook. And she's in this what seems like a three minute play performance of people like writhing in sheets on stage. Yes, because we now know that it's not cool to aggressively pursue people who don't want you to pursue them. Matt and I were both a little like, why is her friend Jesse so quick to throw her under the bus? Because when Freddie Prinze Jr. is like harassing her, he's like, there's a show tonight. You can have my ticket. And as soon as the show began, we were like, maybe Jesse just didn't want to go to this show. Which is fair, right? Like, this leads me to have a lot of questions. Like, obviously, you needed a ticket to go. That implies that you had to pay money for this ticket. Although Jesse's was probably comped, thank God. But <laughs> other people paid to see this? This thing was like two minutes. Like, Freddie Prince Jr. doing hacky sack on stage was like another two minutes. He essentially doubled the length of this performance. But what I don't understand about his hacky sack performance is like that implied that this was basically an open mic night that you had to pay to go to. My God, I can't think of anything worse. Truly. I also wrote down like, oh, the Chelsea Clinton reference really dates this, but not as much as the hacky sack, the spiky hair, the faxing of college stuff. My God. I have forgotten how popular hacky sack was. Like I was telling Alex because... <laughs> It was not a popular thing in South Africa, but I was like, oh. oh my God, there were always like guys playing hacky sack like every lunch period, like outside the cafeteria. Yes. I had definitely wow. forgotten. I guess Cape Town really missed out on this white boy trend. I know. Is this still a thing? Do kids still play hacky sack? I do not know. I want to know. By the way, I also didn't know that Usher had a last name. I mean, I knew that he must have a last name. But, like, seeing him credited as Usher Raymond, I was like, is that Usher? And then when he came on, it was like, oh, yes, that is Usher. Speaking of which, what was with that entire dance sequence? Oh, my God. I don't know. I was like, I didn't, I, I was not expecting there to be a coordinated dance sequence at prom. Yes, it was like the whole school had learned a flash mob thing and i don't it, there was exposition for it too usher was like okay school now time to do the dance that i've individually taught all of my classmates yeah i don't know usher had a lot of time on his hands <laughs> but also i was like this dance thing like i thought it was going to lead to a plot development like like they would be brought face to face but i think it was just so that we could enjoy some group dancing i think so it was funny because a lot of this stuff was like, this is classic rom-com stuff, but like before everyone was making jokes about classic rom-com stuff, such as Rachel Lee Cook tripping like seven times. Yeah. Uh, at one point where she's like the first, I think it's like the first time, oh, it's when like Paul Walker decides to like pick her essentially. They're like watching her come up the steps with like a bunch of canvases and stuff. She literally trips on nothing. She just falls over. Like there's not even a thing, like she doesn't even pretend to trip. She just collapses. <laughs> <laughs> yes so i guess because she's hostile and clumsy we can overlook the fact that she is surely one of the most beautiful girls in the world at that time i know i mean this did have her like makeover entrance i mean that really became a classic indeed but it was just one of those things where i was like this is more egregious than even like 
You know, like in the Princess Diaries, like they do more stuff to her to make you think that she's ugly. <laughs> That's true. I truly was like, she's already cute. Yeah, I was like, she's adorable. She's just wearing some flannels and overalls. Why are these people so surprised that she would be hot in a bathing suit? Even Clea Duval is like, is like, go kill herself. I mean, with a very long windup. I was honestly kind of impressed because I was like, wow, this is like in a really elaborate way to tell her to kill herself. You know who's really talented, though? Anna Paquin. I mean, the character. Apparently, she can cut hair. She can do makeup. She did a lot of stuff in that makeover scene. She is impressive. I, you're right, though. In the end, do we know what school Freddie Prince Jr. decides to attend? We don't. No, I, I really thought he was going to be like, and thanks to you, I decided to go to Stanford. But <laughs> nope. <laughs> Nothing like that at all. And then I think it's just Rachel Lee Cook, right? Who's like, yes, I'm going to go to art school. Was she not going to go to art school originally? No, it was like kind of unclear because it was like, I think she thought she couldn't go because they didn't have enough money or something like that. And she needed to like take care of her. I don't know. I kind of lost the thread on like this. This, this part of the plot was, was just not well developed. <laughs> I thought it was, it was better developed than Freddie Prince Jr.'s part. But I'm not sure. It was really unclear to me if money played a role or maybe I just missed something. But I felt like it was just her either not thinking she had a good enough portfolio or her teacher's whole thing was about like, oh, there's no part of like you in your art, right? Yes, that was her teacher's thing. And then I guess like was her teacher withholding helping her get into art school because no i don't think so i think her teacher's whole thing was just that she wasn't vulnerable about herself like she was always painting about other issues so i guess that whole thing with the faxing is just her teacher being like i think this is better than your other work and i'm sending this along as well oh i don't know i maybe i missed this part (laughs) okay well anyway everybody had separate problems that supposedly they helped each other with. But can I just say, one of my worst lines or things that most affronted me were when Freddie Prince Jr. was like, I lost my best friend or what, essentially describing Rachel Lee Cook as his best friend. Yeah, they've known each other for six weeks and not even the whole (laughs) six weeks. And also I was like, okay, I mean... Paul Walker seems to be a horrible friend, so fair enough. But what about Dulé Hill? I know. Everyone's just ragging on Dulé Hill. Oh, you also know this was like a 1999 film because the black kids are only dating black kids. Well, also, when this happened, Matt made a joke. He was like, well, his best friend can't be black. So maybe that's why Rachel Lee Cook is his best friend. (laughs) That's true. I don't know what's happening here. Um, Actually, what a great moment to talk about people of color. Yeah. Oh, well, we didn't talk about your favorite scene. Because I've already discussed mine is the performance art. Clearly, it was amazing. <laughs> Once I saw that, I was like, nothing will top this. And I was correct. Um, I think, I don't know if this is my favorite scene, but I thought she actually gave a wonderful performance when she found out about the bet. Yes, I think she did too. They made a good use of the only F-bomb in the film. That's exactly what Matt said. <laughs> I sometimes don't know especially when he's building miniatures, whether we have the same partner or we have reverse partner. That is a good point. I don't know. I'm going to ask you more about his mini scene after this. Also, when Alex and I talk about being the kind of people who are constantly like, but do you love me? But do you love me? But like, how much? Could you love me more? Maybe you should. Not to digress, but Alex consistently every day comes up with hypotheticals <laughs> like, would you still love me if? And I hate these hypotheticals. Like, why Why would this change anything? But also, why would this ever happen? This is very relatable content. 
Like, would you love me if I had a third eye? Well, yes, I would still love you, but why are you? Do you have a third eye? Did she suddenly develop a third eye, or has she had one all along? I feel like if I were you, I would have a lot of follow-up questions about the hypothetical. That's a good point. I don't know. Anyway, I do think that was a good moment. Um, what was your worst scene? Um, Cleo Duvall's vomit situation. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah, Obviously. Also, the pube eating situation where the bullies get their comeuppance. That was terrible. I was like, I don't. It was so prolonged. <laughs> it's like, I, I know this is like a good thing, but it's also like so much and really bad. And also like 20 years later, I think I'm uncomfortable with the amount of power that Freddie Prince Jr. seems to have at this school. Yeah, I know. I was like, this is very weird. Like they don't have to do this. It's not great. And... I just, I feel like this confrontation is going to end in a school shooting and it stresses me out. Um, I also was just like, I just didn't need this to be like such a lengthy scene. Um, I also hated most scenes I think Paul Walker was in. Um, oh my God. Just, they were just terrible. He was terrible. And yeah. I just don't understand why he's so terrible. There's no, overall, I felt like the aggressive meanness of all of the popular kids was very dated. Like there was no complexity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Freddie Prince Jr.'s horrible ex-girlfriend is just so horrible to Rachel Luke Cook for apparently like no reason at all. Like she's so, so mean to her when she's like, oh, she's at this party. I must be horrendous to her. There's no reasoning behind this. Like, truly, Rachel Lee Cook is so isolated and powerless that I feel like in real life, they wouldn't even bother. I know. Um, Clea Duvall, too. Like, why this hostility? Is she better at art than you? Yeah, there's just no- But you're going to art school. There's just no reason. Like, yes, Rachel Lee Cook is kind of unpleasant, but it doesn't seem like she's going out of her way to be unpleasant to people. No. Like, I feel like she just doesn't talk to people. Which, fair enough. I wouldn't either at this school. <laughs> Apparently. Um... So what's our people of color count here? Dulé Hill, Gabrielle Union. Dulé Hill, Gabrielle Union, Usher. Maybe Gabrielle Union's other friend? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gabrielle Union has another friend who is also black. Okay. I was like, there are only black people in this movie, which is how you can tell it was made in the 90s. Yes, there's like, they were like, white people, black people. That's it. I think Matt might have spotted an Asian extra. No, there were some Asian extras in the graduation scene. Oh, okay, okay. Like one or two, I think. Okay, so was the other kind of tan girl white? I have no idea. I think she was. That I was going to look it up, but I forgot. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, is this a person of color? Is this just someone of Italian descent? I would say that a lot of the black side characters did have lines, um, which is kind of like, I would say like this movie does better on that than some of the more modern ones we've seen, but still not great. There were quite a few. They were just not relevant to the plot. Although it was nice that Gabrielle Union seemed to be the nicer popular friend. Yes. She's like... Like, she seemed to be team Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah. I mean, I would be too if, like, the actual popular friend was, like, the worst person in the world. (laughs) Yes, she was so ready to defect from her. Oh, and then during the, like, social revolution where uh, Rachel Lee Cook is successfully running for prom queen, there was, like, a whole bunch of people in that, like, little rap scene. Oh, my God. I forgot that there were, they were, like, let's get two black kids to be in the scene of rapping about the prom queen battle. Oh, my God. I had forgotten. Surrounded by a very diverse crowd. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a terrible scene. I just remembered that I wrote down that during your favorite scene, they said, my soul is an island. My car is a Ford. (laughs) So 
What would you rate this film? Um, I don't know. I feel like there was a time in my life when I would have given this movie like an eight or a nine, but I cannot anymore. Seven-ish, maybe? It depends whether... Because their actual dynamic, besides his incessant harassing of her early on, I more or less enjoy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's such a high score, though. I was not thinking that high. I, I was thinking like a five. Well, that is how critics felt about it at the time. Yeah, I would give it like, I think like a five out of ten. It was fine, right? Like it was fine. It was adequate. A lot of it doesn't hold up. So I think I think my enjoyment of it was a little dampened, but it wasn't like unwatchable. My enjoyment of it was definitely dampened by Matt's presence. <laughs> He did not enjoy it, though. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. He was excited to watch it, but I do think both of us, once we sat down and were actually viewing the events, were a bit like, well, this hasn't aged very well. At the end, though, I was kind of like, oh, I did enjoy this. So I don't know. Yeah. There were some ups and downs. I do think He's All That is going to be the worst film, you know? Yes. Well, we don't have to, you know, agree on a score. I'm going to give it a five out of 10, hmm, Ivy acceptance letters. Um, maybe I'll split the difference and say six out of 10 hacky sacks. Oh, good one. Five out of 10 falafel balls, perhaps. <laughs> oh, her falafel hat. Six out of 10 kiss me's. Yeah, I think pretty, pretty average. There you go. She's all that. I, I really don't think he's all that is going to be any good at all. And I'm disappointed to learn that even though Rachel Lee Cook is going to play the mom, like a mom in the film, she it's not at all related to she's all that. So that's a bit disappointing. Oh, yeah. I think I was just like, although this classic bet scenario is not great in its original form, I feel like transforming an unpopular boy is going to be even more intolerable. But I, I guess we'll have to find out. Yep, 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 yep. So tune in with us next month for He's All That. Um, and we'll have more fun things for you in the fall. I'm excited because Christmas season is right around the corner and who knows what Netflix will have up its sleeve. <laughs> um, so anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we will talk to you soon and follow us on social media and goodbye. Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.